Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Y'all, we have an absolute pleasure for you today. From the Edge Urban Fellowship in Grand Rapids, we have Pastor Troy Evans. Now, let me tell you something. Hold on, you can make some noise for him really quick. Make some noise for him really quick. Here's what I love about Pastor Troy. Here's what I love about him. His sister church of us, and, and we've done so many things, conferences, shows, ministry, all of it. My favorite thing about him is that he is a master disciple maker. The mission of Jesus is always at the forefront, to make disciples of all nations. And he's raised up an army of people that have come, and you saw killed worship, but even more than that, they love their city so well. So please, make some noise. Welcome Pastor Troy Evans to the stage. What up, though? How y'all doing? Man, uh, if I have not had a chance to, uh, to meet you or I haven't had a chance to, uh, like, be here when you're here, raise your hand. Go ahead, raise your, raise your hand. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, man, that's cool. Uh, how you doing? Well, give me a hug, then. Come on. Come on. There it is. There it is. You're going to need it later. But give me a hug. Come on. Give me a hug. Oh, man, I appreciate all the hugs. So that means with family. To the rest of y'all that I've met before, we, we got it in. What up, though? How y'all doing? Good. That's, that's good, man. I, I am, I am uh, really excited, man. I, I, I uh, get a chance to stop by here every once in a while, and I'm telling you, it's literally like second, uh, second home to me um, because it's just, you know, I can't stand phony people. Uh, you deal with your issues, porn and all this stuff. I want to break people's face. I'm just, I'm sorry. No, no. Serious. No. I desire to break faces. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I'm just like, man, and I desire to break faces, especially for cocky people and people that are like that are not real. But authentic people, that's y'all. And I appreciate y'all. I really do. Real people, real people loving a real God in a real place. So I really appreciate that. Um, so I'm 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 here, man. I pastor a church called Edge in Grand Rapids, you know what I'm saying? And we have an opportunity to worship Jesus. About 15 years ago, I'm struggling. My nephew was murdered, and I felt like the church didn't give a rip because they didn't know what to do with cats like me. You know what I'm saying? Gang bangers and dope dealers and, and you know what I'm saying, cat that was paid to hurt people for profession. They didn't know what to do with us. And then they just basically, they couldn't be on your boards. There was no space for them. Our stimulation processes had a gap in them, and we couldn't find a place to put them. So God said, like, yo, well, why don't you do something about it? Quit whining about it, quite frankly. And then we planted this church called The Edge, and we have one mission alone, relevantly reach the hip-hop culture for Christ with apologies. What if you actually did what we did in other countries for centuries, which is contextualizing the gospel? I know y'all do that here. That's why I like this place. You feel me? Contextualizing the gospel. So that's what we decided to do. The Edge is all right. We're smaller than we've ever been. Everybody got these sexy stories, these COVID sexy stories. We ain't got them. It was, it sucked. It was horrible. It tore our church in half. I didn't know we had races. I thought we were all together in, a, in, in, in one big pile. We, we, we were diverse, but there wasn't true equity. You know, you feel me. And we all can be here and we can hang out. We can come to the party. But when it comes to actually making decisions and actually getting along, we found out by a couple simple posts that people start to bounce and all this stuff. So it's just been horrible. That was horrible. Than we've ever been, but oh my goodness, God is moving. 
we're, we're stronger than we've ever been. We're smaller than we've ever been. We're stronger than we've ever been. And it's amazing. We do some weird stuff. We start businesses. I don't know. We start like 17 companies. We hire a bunch of youth. Do. There's a lot of craziness, you know what I'm saying? We actually say, well, what do you, who do you want to be? And then and you already got a fire because Holy Spirit, paracletos, is inside of you. So why don't we just pour lighter fluid on you and help you burn and watch you burn and watch you burn. You feel me? And that's what we do. So we do a lot of, a lot of weird stuff. Uh, artists, if you haven't noticed, we got a lot of them and a whole bunch of rappers. You know what I'm saying? When you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, 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 it's weird. You know, and, uh, and these cats are so talented. Half or more than half of them on the stage are traveling artists. They do their thing. And, uh, you know, I just got, I got, you know, I'm going to be talking about it later, but what it means to sacrifice. These cats got up this morning to ride with me. They say, hey, just go do your thing. Let's go worship. And I appreciate y'all for that. Uh, that. That's real. The artists are still, the artists are still glorifying Jesus. So I'm part of an organization that asked me to submit numbers about, they want to know how many salvations and baptisms and, you know what I'm saying, all this stuff, man. Like, like I can't keep up. You know, I can't keep up because we're, we're, we bring them in, we sit them down, we raise them up, we boot them out. Go make disciples. It's not a suggestion. You feel me? It's not a suggestion. So they go, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they're going. I'm so proud of, proud of uh, everybody, but just uh, the update on the artist. And Hustle, Pray, Eat, if you haven't heard of it, now you did. You know what I'm saying? It is a ministry. It is a, it's, and that just so happened to have T-shirts. You feel me? Yeah. And uh, it is impacting everywhere. I mean, we, we, we ended up turning down a deal for, uh, what was it called in the place? Uh, TJ Maxx. You approached us, and it was just like, DJ Max, man, they be playing with the margins, bro. Like, <laughs> now we're not going to be able to do a shirt for 13 cent, bro. Like, we're just not going to be able to do it. Uh, but let me, that's what I'm saying that, that God will do with three simple words. Um, and then there's more than just about words. So it's moving. But we are having a conference. Hustle Praise is, is having a conference. It's the HPE conference. Where the conference is not a bunch of people giving, giving philosophical teachings, but actually things that you can do. If you have a business, you have a ministry, you will leave there with a business plan. It's that type of conference, the whole thing through and through. Um, so I actually, just, if you're interested, HPE, y'all, were, y'all came up large last year, which was dope. I really appreciate that. Personally, man, I, I don't have time to explain to you the world when I've been through. I just dropped one too, like. 49 years old, found out my daddy wasn't my daddy. Like, and you thought you don't care? No, I care. And I get, went back to want to break faces again. And I have to isolate and pray and all this stuff. He, God the Father, the one who, who reigns, uh, has, has uh, allowed me to stand and go through a lot of different stuff this year. And, uh, man, it is amazing what he's doing and my family, and my wife, and all that kind of stuff. So, family, we're all up to date. We're good. I gave you the good stuff. Now I'm about to give you the gospel, which is the good news. But sometimes the good news comes with a lot of... I don't have no other way to teach, because I, I, I don't have time. I travel the world, literally speaking, and travel the world talking to people. And I, literally, literally, the world, 250 million people in America do not confess Jesus Christ as Lord. This makes America the third largest mission field. Meantime, we're having a great time in church, enjoying ourselves like everything is okay. We're hemorrhaging, and we don't even know it. We don't give a rip. We need to hug again. Come on, give me something. I know. And there's hope in it because this is what Jesus has called us to do. And we're going to talk a little bit today about being a misfit. 
What does it mean to be a misfit? I always get the word about, uh, about hustle, pray, eat, about like, yo, the word hustle, it's like, it's like it's a negative. Like, no, no, what is it? What is a, what is a, 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 a coach say to an athlete? Hustle, hustle, hustle. So let's not look at the negative first. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Let's get it. Let's go get it. Go, therefore, and make disciple of all ethnos, all nations, all ethnic groups. Maybe that's what he's asking us to do. So misfits is not negative necessarily either. Misfits is a person whose behavior or attitude sets them apart from others that might be biblical. It might come from a word kodas. We get the word holy or sanctified. And anybody. I know we, we I know, I know the numbers. I'm in Barna all day. I know we look just like the world. I know this, statistically speaking. 70% of Christians look nothing different. Nothing different. So I know why there wasn't any amens. Because we, we're okay with blending in and being okay. We all, we're, I want to feel needed. I want to feel wanted. I get it. We have a counseling practice. My wife is a therapist. I fully get it. But what, I call, what costs? What if you were uniquely designed to not fit in? What if you are an extremely weird a strange individual in, the, in a strange land. What if you aren't? What if you are not from here? What if you're an alien here? What if you? What if? What if you're a misfit? Maybe you're intended to be a misfit. Maybe you are just trying to squeeze into something that he never intended for you to be. So I just want to leave you with a few things. I'm just going to talk to you uh, as your brother. Um, got a few things to talk about as it relates to being a misfit. I'm going to talk about primarily what is the cost of the calling of being a misfit. Typically, when we see the call for salvation and the call for discipleship is like an elevator pitch. It's like a good sales pitch. Dude with the whitest teeth in the place gets up, hello, how are you? I made $3,075,733.22 for one easy payment of $9.99. You can be just like us. 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 Or come to be to know Jesus, and, and then your life is going to be perfect, and everything's going to be roses, and everything's going to be nice. I remember somebody said to me that somebody advised him, said, man, you're in ministry, and you cry? Something must be wrong. I'm like, what ministry have you been in? Have you, do you know what happened to the disciples? I know, it. we signed up to have a great time. Everybody be okay. Everybody be jumping around. No, no, no. You signed up to die. What would Jesus do? He died. I'm going to leave you with three things and get out your way. Here's what we know that we must do as disciples. This is the call and the cost of the calling. First thing we have to do is to deny ourselves. I believe in self-care. I believe self-care is important. Again, we have a, a, a therapy, a practice. We have 11 therapists. Uh, and I live in this world. And we live in this world where we're helping people to recognize, like, man, 
You were created for a purpose, and we need to do self-care. But I believe in our society right now, it's all about you. Selfie this and selfie that, and it goes beyond the screen, people. It's a selfie life. Anybody with me? It's a selfie life. If it's not about me, if I'm not happy, so many divorces happen because somebody ain't happy. For real? Somebody better say amen. I keep on going. Keep going. Keep going. Like, what you mean you ain't happy? Because you think that he or she is supposed to complete me. No, the only one, my wife will be here next service, and she'll hear me say, the only one who completes me is Jesus. He's the only one that completes me. You can't complete me. You're inca- I'm incapable of loving her. She's incapable of loving me without him. It's not, it's not, it ain't about you. It's about denying ourselves. But let's let Christ speak to us. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. I know the scripture, but I'm going to ask you to quit being so cocky and approach it like it's truly his logos. Like it's his whispered word. Like you ain't that dope. You haven't exhausted the text, so stop acting like it. Approach it with humility. And you might learn something. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my disciple, the disciple is very simple, one who disciples, who make 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 disciples. That's a disciple. Somebody better tell me what time I need to be done. What time? No, don't say that. What time? You do not tell a dark-skinned pastor to take his time, because I will. We'll be here. We have peanuts, popcorn, pizza brought in. Then we have breakfast in the morning. What time? 11.15. What time does the next service start? 11.30. Okay, sweet. I'll be done by 11.10. Watch this happen. Disciples. Make disciples. Everybody's saying, like, oh, I'm leaving this church because I wasn't fed. One, who said the church is supposed to feed you? No, the church and the, the purpose of the church, the, the purpose of the church is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. The food is there. He is the food. The word is his food. You have, my, the church's job is to give you a knife, give you a fork, and then you need to eat. Bro, you ain't, you, you, you ain't eating because you ain't eating. You starving because you ain't eating. When's the last time you dove into his word and set, was set with his word with deep respect? When was the last time you dug into it for yourself? I'm not talking about some sexy Facebook post. Well, I don't feel like I'm being fed because you ain't eating, bro. Holler at me later. I, I, we can talk. We need, to hug, yeah, we need to hug again. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm at home. I told y'all we're, I'm at home and we hugged and everything, so we're like family, so I'm just acting like we act at the edge, so we good? Okay. Disciples. People are trying to find another book, another manual, another thing. I write books and stuff. I get it. Put it down. Jesus tells us, you don't have to. I'm a navigator nut. I was disciple through navigators. I, 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 that's where I lived. I lived that, right? On my, on my, on my, on my here has the wheel. This is how I, every one of my disciples, they know. They know, right? But let me tell you, let me give you a clear definition of discipleship. This is the best one to have in Scripture. Unless you can, this is not rhetorical. We can actually debate this right now. Here's the best definition of discipleship. This is what it means to make a disciple. This is how it comes from Jesus' mouth. To teach them to obey everything I've commanded you to do. 
If you know nothing else, you don't have to fully be able to exegete the scripture. If you could just teach them the last thing that Jesus taught you to do, to obey. We don't like the word obey, by the way. But to teach them everything that he commanded you to do, that is what it means to make a disciple. According to Jesus. Now, you can add on. You can do exegesis if you want to. You can add on and make it say what it wants to. You can do that if you want to. But I'd rather listen to the king. You're making it all complex. No, make it simple. Spend time with people, love God, love people, and then teach people to obey everything, everything he has commanded you to do. And watch lives be transformed. Maybe that 250 million won't no longer exist. One out of five Christians ever made the disciple. Barna, one out of five Christians have made a disciple. There's a, there's a, a report called the State of Discipleship. I was there when the revealing happened. One, is anybody else ticked off about this? One out of five. And we wonder why we're sitting here. And who's the verse running our church? Oh, you better listen to their Apple. I was just saying, better listen to their Spotify. If you want to be my disciple, that's what it means to be a disciple. You want to be my disciple, deny yourself. Then he goes deeper. Take up your cross, because Christ takes his cross. I had a chance to go study in Israel and sit in there, and I forget the name of the road. I can't pronounce a lot of words, but I got lost on this road. But it's the road where Christ carried the cross. I had on some Chuck Taylors. My feet were burning because that was the walk. That was the walk. It was like, carry your cross. Like, yo, he knew. He foreknew. Like, carry your cross, take that, and you're about to go to Golgotha. The hill of the, the, the skull, you're about to go there. Like, no, 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 deny yourself, but just not deny yourself and do what good Christians do. Like, I'm just denying myself. I'm, I'm good. No, 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 no. Take up, do something. Quit being trifling. Do something. He didn't give you all power that was given to him through paracletos, through Holy Spirit, for us to twiddle our thumbs and do nothing. No. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and then, yo, follow me. Follow me. If you hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life, why are you so afraid of giving up the former you? I struggle. My name means something in these streets. You know what it's like to have people sleep at your foot? Three of my brothers shot from one summer to the next summer? People trying to kill me every day, like 200 people trying to kill you every day? But there's 200 people that are trying to protect me every day? My name meant something. So I find myself unraveling and trying to come out of that every single day. I've been a Christian for 26 years. I'm still trying to fight and rip off that old crap. I'm trying to deny myself and deny all this stuff and get rid of all this stuff. So I'm just left with me and Christ alone. Me, but booty naked, you feel me? Take your cross. Don't hang on to your life. There's an old... Addicts, I don't hunt monkeys, so I wouldn't know. But they said these monkey hunters 
used to go out and then they want to catch a monkey, what they would do is that they would put something sweet at the bottom of a jar. And the monkey would reach his hand in the jar as a trap and it'll catch him. And all the monkey has to do is let it go. And he's free. The monkey holds on. Now, I ain't calling you no monkey. I think that's kind of offensive. Amen. Just saying. Let you are what you used to be. You don't have to live up to what you used to think you were. You do not have to depend on your looks. You don't have to depend on your raw talent and ability. Totally dependent on him. It's a Greek word, pistis, which means to be totally reliant on him. Word faith. Does anybody else like me that it's hard to let go of something old? You've been told that you're so good at that for so long. You are a hooper, and that's all you are. No, you're a disciple maker that just so happens. All right, next one. But I made a commitment I'm going to be done in 15 minutes. Man, I'm going to break a world record. Document this, Jay. I'm, I'm doing this. Let me leave with this statement, though. It is impossible to pick up your cross or follow him unless we commit to consistently denying ourselves. It's impossible. Because you can't do both. Either your hand's in the jar or it's not. You choose. The second one is to risk it all. This is the call of discipleship. This is what is the call of following him. I'm a businessman. I've owned some pretty significant companies. I still have some. I'm just addicted to it. So I understand managing risk. And I get all these MBA dudes coming in here want to help me manage risk. You know, and the CFO and the COOs and all these weirdos coming in here trying to make, sorry if you're one of them. They just start talking weird. They start talking weird about they're only thinking about risk management. And I'm like, man, I'm a man of faith. So what's the balance? I'm from the block. Scared money don't get no money. You feel me? You feel me? So it's like, so you want me to, to live in risk? I know our whole society is built on that. <laughs> America is built on be as safe as possible. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not committed to America. I'm committed to Jesus Christ. I pledge my allegiance to only one. You don't have to like you. And I'm telling you. He lived a risky life. You ever heard the term, man, they got me living risky out here? Typically, that means you're doing something freaky, sneaky, nasty. You feel me? Like, it's like you're doing something out there, you're like, I ain't going to look. It means you're living a life without as if life doesn't have consequences. Living a life freely. We have liberty, but our liberty exists in the confines of Christ's grace. We have, we have this, he put us in a box and we don't even know it. 
Um, there's a people, you can say, I won't, I won't bore you, but look up a, a group of people called the Nicolaitans. The Nicolaitans were abusers of grace in the scriptures, yeah, the Revelation. Look, look them up. It's, it's fascinating. They abused grace because they forgot that there is a box that Jesus created because they didn't want to be rule followers. Well, stop reading the Bible. Oh, you know what? Here's a fascinating study. Read any of Paul's writings and take out anything he's, that he's telling us to do. I have nothing. Almost nothing. Because he just said to teach them to obey. That's an action word. Everything I've commanded you to do, which is action. To risk it all takes a little something. There were these kids at Houghton College many years ago. They were willing to risk it all. These, risk, these kids from Houghton had a chance to teach there. And, um, and I heard the story that these kids who were in college on their, on their last year, uh, I don't know what it's called. I never made it to high school. So, but it's the last year called the junior, being a junior. Like, like there were juniors in, co- in, uh, in college, and that, that one. <laughs> Give him a hand. Give him a hand. <laughs> there were seniors in college, and they were discussing and debating, like, what, how do we respond to the call? So um, Isaac Bijan, before it was a place where people were going and it was sexy, they decided to go, therefore. They packed their caskets. They mailed their caskets with them on the They knew when they were leaving there that they, they were willing to risk it all. They knew that they're going to die. The question is, is that the type of Christianity you bought into? Because you don't have to be a Christian. I know this is awkward for a pastor to say, but you don't have to be a Christian. I'd rather not rock with lames. I'm from the street, people. The reality is, if you have this many people, really, only this amount of y'all, when it's time to fight, only this group right here is going to fight anyway. The rest of y'all are going to run anyway. That is Christianity. I'm saying today we have an opportunity not to live like that anymore. We don't have to. We don't have to live in this safe, myopic bubble. We can. But it's going to take living that risky life. It's going to take talking and sitting down getting married, talking to your spouse, like, what does it mean for us to live risky? And forget money for a minute. I'm not, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your life, offering your life as a living sacrifice. Have you ever thought about it? Every sacrifice has to die. When was the last time you died? When was the last time you risk it all? Leave your bank account alone. Leave it alone. That, that's another level. We'll get there. Give everything, give everything away to, to the poor. That, that's another whole different level. Luke 14, 33. You live really well. Verse 25. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, this is Jesus, not Troy. If anyone comes to me 
and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children. We hope just before, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life, right? Such a person cannot be my disciple. I'm not going to, to, to dive into this, but you need to, because you need to reconcile this, because there's not choice words. You need to know what this means. What is the severity of that? What is the weight of that? And how do we make that applicable today? How do we live that out today? That my love for Christ in comparison to my love to my family looks like hate. Well, it's not like Jesus is my co-pilot. He is the car. He's the engine. He's the windows. He's the driver. He's everything. That's risky living. Verse 26, is anyone comes to the uh, Verse, um, verse 26, uh, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. Uh, verse 27. If, and whoever does not carry their cross, again, speaking about this cross, and follow me cannot be my disciple. But then he says this. Any one of you that does not renounce all that he, has, that he has cannot be my disciple. When have we gone down a checklist of renouncing things and said, I'm no longer going to be a part of this. I'm no longer going to allow myself to that. I'm not just talking about addictions. I'm saying I'm no longer. When are we going to renounce some things so that we can experience true freedom in him and true what it means to be a follower and a committed follower of Christ and disciple of him? When does that happen? At what point in the Christian journey does that happen? Where is that in the assimilation process? Where is it? To live. To renounce all is not a suggestion. It's the requirement of a Christian. And you don't have to be a Christian. It's really quiet in here. We need a hug. Come on. I'm getting less and less hugs as the day goes on, which is all right with me. Last one, and for real, I'm out of your way. Stop what you're doing. Jay, um, where you at, Jay? Y'all, y'all get those, those things ready. Matthew 4, verse 18, it says this. Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, uh, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting net, a net to the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me. Underline that. Jesus said to them, and I will send you out to fish for men. At once they left their nets and followed him. I literally can teach all day on just this principle. I can literally teach all day on this. But the fishing industry had just hit the scene. It started booming. They have always fished to go get fish. But the industry started booming. So then people were starting to become aware of like this new industry, like new factory moving in town. And everybody's trying to get, trying to get employed and wanted to, to work for it and do it. Everybody's trying to do it, trying to learn it. They're not sitting here with poles. 
They're doing fishing with nets. You cast the nets, you're throwing it out, you're swooping and you're grabbing and you're pulling and you're putting in this little boat. I had a chance to float on the Sea of Galilee. It's a weird thing. It's clashing and you're moving and all the stuff is rocking and doing the stuff. I can't imagine throwing a net. and It was a tedious work. It was hard. Long. You go out, you have to come home with food. So you plan to go out for three days, you're coming home and ate. Now Jesus going to them said, ah, oh, yeah, 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 stop fishing here, but I'm going to show you how pictures of men. Immediately in their mind, it's like, immediately in their mind, you got to understand that they would have thought about, yo, what kind of work he's trying to get us to do? He wants us to stop whatever is the key priority in your life. You want to know what's the key priority? Check your wallet, check your calendar, and check your schedule. Where are you spending your money? Where do you spend your extra time? That's what's important to you. He's saying, I want you to stop. Some of you, he's saying, you're working a job. Stop working there. Don't come work for the church. I need you to work somewhere else. Some of you are working in the church. He's saying, stop. I need for you to do something else. Some of you are just sitting there. And your free time is just spent all about selfie time. It's all about you. What, what happens if you stop that? So I'm going to give out some plates. And uh, we're going to have something to eat. No, we're not. Thank you for the one laugh. That was a joke. Got uh, uh, a hard crowd this morning. Wake up! Doggone it. Why don't you stop what you're doing so that we can stop doing some stuff. I've seen this analogy done, and i stole it ever since. We always complain about what's on our plate. At least I do. Anybody else complain? Man, I got this. I got to do this. I got to do this. The rest of y'all lying. You do complain about what's on your plate. You, you do. Like, man, I got this going on. I got that going on. Here's, here's, here's what I'm actually doing. You don't have to do it right now. I just want this to be a representation of what, hopefully, what you will do. I want you to list. Stephen's going to come out. Come on out, Stephen. We're going to do a song. But while he's doing this song, this is going to be our benediction. We're leaving after the song. But I want you to sit while he's doing this song. I want you to think about what things do I have on my plate. But then I want you to think about a bigger question. What things did God place on your plate? What do we have on our plate? What are we doing? What's consuming our time? What's consuming our energy? What's consuming our resources? And figure that out. Then I want you to start asterisking something, asterisking or, or checking something, saying like, man, these are the things I feel like God has put on my plate, and the rest of them stop doing them for a season.
guys are welcome to stand and worship with us. Let's come praise God one last time.
Lift your voices this morning. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com.